This is Jarek, and you're listening to The First Deal Show. Welcome to The First Deal Show with your host, Caroline with a K. On this show, we're talking about investors' first investment property. Join me for a trip down memory lane as we hear the good, bad, and ugly of that first deal. It's your host here, Caroline with the K. Today, I've got a very special guest, Jarek, who's a civil engineering student at Berkeley and a real estate investor focused in commercial real estate based out of San Francisco. So Jarek, <clears throat> super excited to have you and me in the 402. Love getting to know the guests a little bit before we get into your first deal. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. And the first one is, what was the first album that you purchased? So I actually, I never bought an album. I guess oh maybe like gosh. a generational thing. But uh, we just used Spotify and, you know, Apple Music. So, yeah. So do you remember the, wait, so you just buy songs? Or no, not we, even, you just No, we just listen it. to songs. Yeah, it's crazy. That's what the world's oh coming goodness. to. Wow, I'm really dating myself because I, you know, it's funny as I was like, oh, I really want to get someone on the show that had vinyl. And I did, and now I've had somebody on the totally opposite end of the spectrum who has never even bought an album. That's crazy. I can't believe that. It's so normal Um, for this generation at this point. Wow. Okay. That's going to be interesting. Hopefully I can get some more younger people. So I think you're the youngest guest that I've probably had on so far. So we'll see if I can find anyone that can beat you. Sure. Okay, next question. What was the biggest challenge that held you back from investing in real estate? Yeah, I would say there's a lot of challenges. I think the biggest one is consolidating information and condensing it into actionable steps. So there's a lot of shiny things um, in real estate, and then um, it's hard to put it all together to actually take action. Oh, that's fair. Although I think considering your age that the fact that you even own a rental is pretty impressive. So the next question is what is something new that you learned or did during the pandemic that others might not know about you? I think it would be that I got really into running. Uh, I, in the past always did weightlifting. I did a bunch of tennis, never really liked running cardio, but Mm -hmm. over quarantine, you know, that's, you just by yourself nothing to do the best thing you can do to get some sunlight is to go out and i just went running and now i'm you know running a lot more than that what i used to i mean in tennis players though they do some pretty good cardio no yeah but i never I never ran you know like more than four miles and now i'm doing like a solid you know like four five six um, i think that's been the biggest change for me Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. I'm a runner too. So we should definitely offline talk running. I'm actually running the New York City half in March. Oh man, are you on Strava? Yeah, I am on Strava. Oh yeah. man, we should, we should think of on Strava, yeah. I yeah. Cool. Um, so, and finally, what is your favorite quote? Favorite quote? Oh man, this is really good TikTok that's out right now. And it's using mm-hmm. this quote by Kevin Hart. 
I don't know if you've listened to it or if anyone has, but it goes like something like if you start it, you finish it. And the, I mean, he said something about, um, you know, there's nothing that comes out of quitting um, except for a couple words. And then um, it was just like a motivational um, piece that he um, had said on the Joe Rogan podcast and it was clipped out. And now it's like a really big trend. Um, and I think it's a really good uh, piece that a lot of people can relate to. And um, it, it gets people going to take on more action, I feel. Hmm. Cool. Wow, that's so many firsts today. All right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Jarek, with all that being said, now that we've warmed you up for the show, tell us what was your first real estate investment deal? Sure. Yeah. My, so my first deal was very unexpected just because I was, I never really was trying to go for the deal. I was just educating myself until mm -hmm. I would be able to afford it. And through that learning, um, I actually realized I could do it. And, um, that first deal was a fairly turnkey deal. It was a buy and hold. Um, I had actually found a, realtor, um, an agent through bigger pockets and turns out that she was actually, I was his first client and that was his first oh. deal as well. And wow. we had just an instant connection. Um, we both knew that it would be a really weird experience just because it was a new experience for both of us, but we felt like we could trust each other. And when we made it to that, you know, when we made it to closing, um, it all worked out. So for the deal was a duplex and it was in Indianapolis. It was a pretty solid um, cash flowing property, uh, which had a, it's a whole host of uh, problems and um, things that I needed to do, 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 do diligence on. Um, but I'm really happy that we got it done. And it's been about two to three months of after closing. And I'm looking at the numbers now and it's doing better than projected, which is actually really great. Um, I had initially just started just thinking that after this first deal, it's probably not going to be the greatest returns. But I just had to get it done. But it's also an added bonus um, now reflecting and just seeing things um, actually pan out the way that I projected. That's been a huge plus. Okay. So tell me, what were the financials? How many beds, baths? Yeah, so it was asking was one eighty thousand um, dollars. Down payment was forty five grand, so twenty five percent down. Um, and you know it's just a duplex, so there's you know two different units, um, three one on both sides. One of them was rehabbed pretty nice. The other one is um, you know not rehabbed, but uh, both of them. Um, are doing well. I inherited the tenants, so um, their leases will be expiring soon. Um, I'm actually working with the property managers to kind of evaluate where we stand in terms of um, market rents and seeing if there's an opportunity there and seeing if uh, we can put in some value at work that um, made me go for the deal in the first place. So I would be putting in um, some new HVAC and uh, rehabbing the other portion of the duplex that hadn't been touched. 
So how did you find, or why did you pick Indianapolis? Yeah, so I didn't really know where to start for a market. You know, there's so many markets and it just, there's so much time just analyzing where you want to start. At some point it just becomes so, so hard to even um, make that first move. So for me, what I did is I knew of someone that had um, invested in Indianapolis and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go there. I trust that they did their due diligence and I was going to take the risk, um, you know, if the market doesn't work out there. So the mindset for me, yeah. Who was this person? Like a friend? uh... Surprisingly, I won't name her, but she went to my college also. Um, We were in the same organization um, in school, but she was, um, you know, I think five years older than me. So she, I actually didn't really know of her until it was just through like a circle of friends and then mutuals that connected us. Um, and I kind of learned about what she was doing, kind of talked to her and I was just like, you know, I trust that you know what you're doing. I need to go figure out how to go for a market here. So I was like, I think that's a good start. Yeah. That, that's for sure. I mean, find someone who's already done it, rinse and repeat, right? What is it? Right. Um, um, copying someone's the highest form of flattery, right? Sure, sure. And I felt that, you know, I think for the first deal, I, I knew that I didn't need everything to be perfect. I just felt that I knew that at my age, um, you know, I can take the risk and I can take the mistakes. And you know, honestly, for that first deal, um, evaluating it to the point where it's, you need a perfect um, house with the right conditions and, you know, everything lines up perfectly um, can be kind of the the limiting factor for a lot of people. Um, But for me, I just figured out that I just need a couple pieces to align right. And um, if I'm able to um, leverage other people's skill sets and use their kind of input and their analyses, I could use that to my advantage and focus on the things that I do have experience in. So I didn't need 100% of the knowledge to get the right decision um, all the time. Yeah, solid advice. Okay, so you found someone through your network that was investing in the area. So you decided, okay, yeah, I'm gonna just go to Indianapolis. And then you went on bigger pockets, connected with some agents, and you found one that you trusted and had a good relationship with. So you leveraged him. And then how long was it? You know, how much time did you spend analyzing deals like before he brought this to you? What what was that like timeline? Right. So once I kind of had the initial search set up, I was getting emails um, daily, basically kind of, of, you know, this is a new property. These are my recs on it. And my agent was doing a great job. He recommended his take on it and just kind of provided the information that I needed to digest it. Um, we had spent a good amount of time just looking at different deals and seeing if it cash flowed. And I had um, had a calculator that I had used to figure out, you know, what are the expenses? What are the projected rental income, right? And what made sense and you know how old is this property um and all the 
items for due diligence I was working on. Um, it was definitely a learning lesson. So I had done a good amount of reps, just walk, looking at properties and finding deals on my own um, that my agent didn't even send to me. But just having those number of reps really was important for me to um, be able to be ready when the property did come up. And um, eventually probably, it was actually pretty on pretty early, but I would say it's probably around the 50, 50 number that I was able to look at this property and say, hey, I think this is good. Um, what do you think? And then at that point, we, we knew we wanted to move forward on it in some way. Hmm. So how, so then you found this property just like on the MLS or on Zillow, and then you sent it to your agent and we're like, yeah, let's go. So he actually found it. Um, it I knew it was different because normally he would be sending me kind of the single families. And I was initially what I was looking for, a normal three, two, um, so three bedroom, two bath, two garage or something like that. And out of nowhere, you know, it was outside of the search criteria, um, but he had found a duplex and he was like, Hey, this is a pretty solid deal. I like the location. Um, and he told me to just run the numbers really quickly because it was just on the market. And I kind of looked at it like the outside immediately, uh, just the pictures were, were nice. And that kind of captured my attention because normally the other houses were not as aesthetically as pleasing to the eye. Um, but for your first property, it's, it's, ne it's never the, the perfect um, property, right? So I ran the numbers and I got more curious because I, I noticed there were, was a lot more information than the other properties that I was um, analyzing. So we had followed up with the listing agents, kind of went back and forth and knew we were on to something when we had more than three calls in, in the, the, the span of, you know, like four hours. So we wow. went back and forth. Yeah. And, um, you know, next thing you know, in that same day, um, we had reached a point where we wanted to make an offer and um, it was a scary moment for me just because I had to go say, let's make an offer. And this is the number I want to go at in that. Right. And obviously we worked as a team. And at that point it was scary because I had something else to do. So I had to leave and I told my agent like specifically, Hey, I have something for the next three hours. I'm not gonna be able to be contacted, but, um, this is our next move. Um, let's put that in and see what happens next. So did yeah. you go in at full asking or? So we went at, I believe it was, I believe it, they listed for 180 and then we went in at 175 and at that point, um, they had a couple other offers, um, and on that same day in the afternoon. So at that point we had, we were given the push by the listing agent that, you know, this is the price and guidance. So, you know, you you got your best and final essentially. And they had selected us to kind of provide that number. Um, and through the help of uh, my, my agent, we, we actually went to, um, our best and final, which was actually 181. So it was a huge bump, which was a little bit uncomfortable for me. That's because 
I thought it was a larger thing than, um, you know, going from 175 to 181. But after the whole conclusion, we were able to negotiate it back down um, after inspection and um, go in at 175 or, or go out at uh, 175. So uh, it was it was a good experience um, and very fast paced on that one day. That's for sure. <laughs> yes. I mean, you put in the reps, so it was just your timing, right? Yeah. And it was just something that was so, so fast paced. I wouldn't even expect it because, you know, I would have thought that you would take a couple of days, um, you know, go back and forth. But literally in the morning, analyzed it, kind of went with uh, my agent, and then we kind of did our due diligence. Um, in at around noon, we put in a, a number, and then in the afternoon, we heard back for best and final. And then at night, um, I think they had. I think that was the deadline. Yeah, I think that was the deadline to put an offer, and we had to put it around. Yeah, around at, in the afternoon, and then we waited for the next day to hear back. Wow. So the a lot faster than I thought, but I just felt something that I was doing the right thing, and that was the right deal for me, which was a huge risky move for some, but um, I honestly felt pretty comfortable, which was a little bit surprising for me. Um, in that in, in the moment yeah i mean when you told me you're an engineer i'm like oh okay you guys like to have all the information before you you know jump on it right and right and, and and i think it's just from doing the number of reps that you kind of see different things and when you're able to check off all the boxes and you feel comfortable that you know, you have 90% of the information you need to make the right call, like 90% of the time. And I think that's when you feel that, that um, sweet spot of being able to say, yeah, let's go for it. Right. Yeah. And then how did you finance the property? Did you go with a regular conventional loan and how did you have um, cash saved up? Cause you mentioned that, you know, you wanted to make sure that you had enough um, for it. So Right. So for financing, it was a conventional um, loan, essentially. Um, I had worked with, I had kind of done my research of lenders um, in the area prior, and I ended up going with a really good relationship that the agent's team had, um, just because they have an established and successful relationship. Um, terms were relatively um, the same across the board in the area. Uh, so I felt that that relying on that relationship and that um, past experience would be good. And honestly, at the time, it was so fast paced, I just needed to get things done and, and rolling. So that also put a little bit of pressure on it, but everything worked out great. Um, for the down payment, I surprisingly knew what I was doing. Um, I So for the past year, I actually wasn't in school. I was working full time. And at that point, I was working a lot um, in, in construction. 
So I was working like 70, 80 hours a week, which is actually a lot. Um, and from that, I just saved all my money. I was actually investing it all into stocks and um, other, you know, like REITs and, and other things like that. Um, and I didn't have the intention to purchase any actual real estate. But when it came down to financing it, right, I kind of knew that I would need to liquidate those assets. So in the next, um, when we start getting down to closing where I needed to send that wire transfer over, I actually forgot that it takes time for things to transfer over and like it to actually deposit in my bank account. So I like barely made it. Oh uh, my god! Had a backup plan. A backup plan. So I, I borrowed some money from my brother, um, just in case. But uh, the money did go through. I put in a lot of extra. I liquidated more than I needed, just in case. Um, and at that point, it was a little bit scary. Uh, but I, I knew that I, I had the the backup plan in place, so it all worked out. Then. Wow, that's awesome. So you decided, so you took some time off from school, worked, saved up, and you're like investing. And then this thing comes up and you're like, oh my gosh, I need liquid cash. And you were right. able to take from your investments to buy the property. That's awesome. Right. It was a little bit sad just because <laughs> I just made all these decisions. And then out of nowhere, I already knew that if I was going to go into this early, I would need to liquidate. But I just didn't think it was going to be that soon. I thought, you know, it would take me a little bit longer just to find a property. But, um, you know, given the the comfort level of me and my agent, we were able to um, have a good search criteria set up. And, and he was, I was essentially his only client at the time. So I had <laughs> really, a really good um, set of eyes, um, just an attention on that property first property. So I'm uh, really grateful for that. And now he's just killing it. He's getting so many clients and stuff. So that's awesome. So um, now that you know, some time has passed, and you're done with closing, like, what are you cash flowing on it today? Yeah. So this, I actually checked yesterday, I showed my mom, I was like, look, it's actually a great investment because they were, I mean, my parents were kind of scared. But um, right now, Things have been performing better than projected. Um, I think as of recently, I've been using Stessa. Stessa, I think, that's what it's called. But it's a software to track um, your portfolio uh, for specific uh, properties and whatnot. It basically just takes a lot of data. It just pulls it all together. Um, but as of yesterday, the house is appreciated I think $6.5,000 and um, I'm cash flowing, I think 400 a door, wait no, 400 in total, so 200 a door. Um, wow. So that means, yeah, that's pretty crazy um, considering that I kind of didn't have too much, uh, I guess, analytical, uh, I guess, time, but uh the appreciation is something that I didn't really expect just because it just came out of nowhere. Like I didn't think that it was going to 
I anticipate maybe like 2% a year. But in that, um, right now, I'm at 12% um, returns. And um, I think a full return on investment is around 24% annualized, um, which is way more than my stocks. So now I'm like a big real estate, um, you know, pro, uh, I guess, or I'm pro real estate. And, you know, that's not even including the tax savings. Um, And ultimately, I would say the biggest, um, you know, return on investment is intellectual return on investment, just learning this stuff, because that can be leveraged over time. And when that compounds, I think that's when uh, real wealth is is built. Yeah, that's great. Great advice. Um, So as far what are the units rented at? Right, so it was I inherited the tenants. So they're going for I think, one side was not um wasn't touched so that one oh market rent is probably 950 um right now one of the units is 850 and that's the rehab side um and the other one is i think 750 and that's a long-term tenant um so one of those month to month the other one is um long-term and i'm waiting for that lease to expire and we're going to see if um, anything needs to be done there but the property is doing well on its own. I barely need to touch it. My property managers handled everything, if anything has ever come up really. And um, it's been pretty hands-off. So I said I'm enjoying that process. That's great. So what would you say is the biggest takeaway for you from this experience? I think it would be honestly Education is probably the biggest thing, just being able to learn it and spending the time. And, you know, I think for me, I knew that it wouldn't just take, you know, 10 to 20 hours. I knew that the level, the number of hours needed is probably more on like 50 to like 50 plus. And once you break that barrier, you're able to understand the lingo and know what you're talking about to some um level um, that's gonna allow you to um, be more comfortable taking action so for me it was um, you know really at that point that I was able to make and take action um, and everyone has kind of a different risk tolerance and a different situation um, but I think learning it and just educating yourself to the point where you can reach that comfort level is the important part and then what follows, which is action, is uh, really the, the key indicator for uh, being able to make things happen. Awesome. So where could, <clears throat> excuse me, where can the 402 find out more about you or if people want to connect with you, where's the best way for them to do that? Right. So I just started an Instagram account. Um, usually I'm more of a private person, but... Um, as of recently joining a group of like-minded individuals kind of in the real estate space, um, I have started my own journey of content creation. Um, and that's it under jerex.journal. So that's J-A-R-E-K dot journal. Um, and there I'll be sharing kind of what I learned in that first property, 
um, just my mistakes, um, just some tips, and then also my journey from here, which is to try to get into uh, multifamily, which is my um, 2022 goal to get my first multifamily um, property under con under contract. Awesome. So you put the stake in the ground publicly. We're going to hold you oh, accountable yeah. a year and, from now. And once it's out there, once it's out there, then it becomes real. Um, yeah. In some way. So. Alrighty then. So it was such a pleasure having you, Jarek. Thanks so much for coming on. And a year from now, I hope to have you on talking about your first multifamily investment. Thank you for listening or watching The First Deal Show. I'm excited for you to buy your first investment property. If this show has helped you in any way, I ask that you share it with someone. 